This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Lil Real. Right now, you're tuning into Keeping It Real with, with Young Wayne. That's right. We got a special guest in the building, man. This dude right here is a writer, mm-hmm. actor, director, producer, DJ, father. Husband, cousin. Okay, <laughs> I really don't know if, if he's cousin, cousin is my biggest accomplishment. Actually. <laughs> Just being a cousin, like yeah. you know. <laughs> everybody's cousin, especially in Chicago. But you've seen him on Southside, Sherman Showcase, Marlin. Uh, he's probably written some of the things you've seen and that you've laughed at. Uh, Emmy nominated writer, actor, producer, showrunner, and moonlighting DJ. Diallo Riddles in the building, y'all. Give it up for Diallo. Diallo. What up, though? What up? Man, I already said DJ, so it's weird that you said it. Moonlighting DJ. <laughs> what is a moonlighting DJ, Wayne? No, let's ask Diallo. It's somebody who, you know, can't live off the DJ money. You know what I mean? Like, the DJ money is minuscule. <laughs> Wait, did you put that in your own bio? Moonlighting? Yeah, Moonlighting DJ, yeah. That's how I know you're a writer. Because I wouldn't even know. <laughs> I, mean, I think you could throw Moonlighting on anything you don't get paid for. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm a moonlighting. Also, I was also a big stripper. fan of moonlighting the show, so you know. Mm. Just what was moon? That so I remember watching Moonlight with Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd, and I watched my mom, but there I never go. really understood what it was about. It was it was it was a they will they or won't they? Yeah, they were detectives. They had the moonlighting detective agency. Mm. And uh, but you know, I actually started watching that because Shannon Smith in my seventh grade class told me that she liked the show, and so you know, I wanted something to talk to her about. Like most of my early. You know, pop culture was because I wanted to get with some girls. So that's funny. Most of the yeah, stuff I, I watched, I watched like that was because of my mama. Because she watched Knots Landing, uh, uh, Dallas. What was Knots Landing about? That was just a soap opera, right? It was, but it was those evening soap operas. And so, like Moonlight had the same type of energy in a way. I I think so. Except that I feel like Moonlighting was like it's kind of like I look, I grew up in Atlanta, and to me, Moonlight looked like Los Angeles. Like it looked like mm. you know. Fancy cars, nice restaurants, you know what I mean? Like, so when I was watching, I was just like, oh, that's what LA looked like. It was that, and it was uh, the Lost Boys. Mm. You know, the Lost Boys was another, you know, something that made me, because my family's from out here. So, like, it reminded me that I had family on the West Coast. Did you grow up out here? No, I grew up in Atlanta, but I was number six of six, and the other five kids grew up out here. Oh. Yeah. So you yeah. are from Atlanta for real? Yeah. For real. Interesting. And so it's weird because now your family's almost split to where y'all from, like with your siblings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like they moved to Atlanta. I mean, when they moved to Atlanta, man, like they they they, they wore jeans and not skirts. You know what I mean? Like Atlanta, you forget, Atlanta didn't really change until the 90s. <laughs> like when they got there, like in the mid-70s, like because I'm way younger than my other, you know, siblings. They were like, you know, everybody still went to church. Like my family's always been a little bit like, you know, not not agnostic, but like we just don't go to church a lot. So like everybody would just you know say y'all ain't saved. You know, like why y'all wearing devil, jeans? Devilish riddles. <laughs> why is your name so close to Diablo? Like yeah, like I, I caught hell. I actually want to ask about Diallo, the origin of it. And um... uh, it should be pronounced Jalo. It's a West African name. My parents just you know they named me Jalo Amir, okay. and uh, you know Riddle, and uh, you know I just didn't want to be called Jello. So I started telling people my name was Diallo. And, okay. Uh, okay. So your name yeah. is Jallo. My name is technically Jallo. Oh, Jallo yeah. sounds it's, it's, so it's much a cooler. Name. I like Jallo. You should go back to Jallo. Yeah, come <laughs> on up, Jallo. Like, it's right too late, man. It's never too late. You like Jallo just now, so you know I just can't. Jallo. Nah, Jallo is it's, real it's too cool. Too late actually. in the game, man. Yo, Jallo. And it, and it means bold. It means bold. Okay. You look that up, man. Hey, man. You know I, got I appreciate it. that, man. Not many people know my name means bold prince riddle. Wow, boy. Why the fuck you don't want to use that? <laughs> that sounds so much cooler. Like, That'd be my rap name, Bold Prince. And you used it as a Shut pickup up. line in college. Huh? Used it as a pickup line in college? 
Uh, not a pickup line. Wow, you really did research. There you go. <laughs> this nigga, he's, he's researching his wow. ass off, ain't he? Wow. That's right. We, we keep it real here. Keep no, it I real. I love it. I love it. Um, no, it was actually my campaign slogan. Mm. So when I ran for uh, student government, I, my cam- my poster just said, Diallo, it's like Diablo without the B. Mm. So even then, I was using comedy to try and, like, you know, get people on board with it. And, uh, yeah, I won. So you were picking up people, though, to uh-huh. join. Yeah, you were yeah, picking exactly. up people. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, for real. Right, so with that, like, how did you get into comedy? Like, like you know, I, I came through the stand-up route, right? Which, which, I, which hold I, hold I admire, man. The coffee is here. <laughs> you can drop that coffee right on that table. We've been waiting on this coffee. <laughs> just blur. It's gonna just blur you out. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a hand just walks in. Shout out, Ooh, that's yeah. okay. Thank you. Oh, that's some good coffee there. Those beans came from I don't know Seattle. Seattle beans, just for you. You you the first guest that has coffee delivered to him in person in front of everybody. <laughs> With a little first. water on the cup, which I don't know if she Full just washed it out and then did it, but cool. Um, you know, me and Bashir, we started off as uh, sketch writers. Like, we started off in sketch comedy, you mm. know what I'm saying? And I always admired, you know, I don't even know how stand-up comedy, y'all, what y'all do is a completely different muscle. Like, I don't know how you get up in front of, like, 30, 40, 1,000 people and just talk. Like, that's amazing <laughs> to me. Like, I'd much rather get out there with, like, you know, a story, a, a, a joke, you know, wigs and costumes, <laughs> right. ridiculous glasses, like, right. and do that. But, like, what y'all do is amazing to me. Like, I... I well, that's that, interesting, too, real quick. Where did you and Brashear meet? I mean, look, I, once again, I don't do any <clears throat> research. Just everybody knows. <laughs> any guest that comes on here? Uh, we met at Harvard. We were in a singing group called Kumba Singers. It was a it was a, it was was a a spiritual group. It was a gospel group. Mm. <laughs> and Brashear was raised Muslim, and I was raised, you know... Kind of like, eh. and so we. we, we <laughs> but how did y'all start a we, gospel? So wait, no, wait, no, no, we didn't start it. Y'all joined a gospel. We joined group. a gospel. But what made group. him join a gospel group? Because we both like singing. We both like to sing. What did his family think of him? Like, I gotta ask from that. That's interesting. <laughs> it's like you did what? Yeah, I joined a gospel group. Because you know, Bashir, he was raised Muslim, but he doesn't necessarily like pray five times a week, face five times a day. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and and for me, like. I think we were just kind of like outsiders within the community, you know what I'm saying? So like we realized early on we both liked The Simpsons, we both liked, you know, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, we liked The Muppets, and we just realized that we liked a lot of the same comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's funny, because one of my good friends, which I think The Simpsons brought together a lot of people, mm-hmm. in high school I met my friends because one day we just talked about a Simpsons episode. <laughs> oh, wow. Which one? That we thought was funny. It was... You remember? It's the Dr. Sayers one. When, uh, oh, of course, yeah. Like, Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers, Dr. Sayers. When they redid Planet of the Apes as a musical. Exactly. That's a great one. I think hands off me, you dirty ape. He can talk, he can talk, talk. I can sing. Yeah, it's crazy. I think for us, it was uh, it was the Bobo episode. It was the one where, uh, you know, this little toy doll, like, gets passed around. And uh, and, and Dr. Bur- and uh, Mr. Burns, so, like, we were we were definitely like in that Simpsons mode, and to this day, if you bring up the Simpsons in the writers' room, we're probably gonna try and work in an homage into the episode. Hmm. Yo, it's so many random funny things in the Simpsons. It's so many things you was introduced to in the Simpsons outside of just comedy. It's like one of also it was the first thing me and my dad laughed at together. Actually, hmm. was the Simpsons, which is crazy that the the Simpsons Christmas episode, if people remember, because it, it came from the Tracy Ullman <laughs> show, but. That you yeah. know, uh, Jingle Bell, Batman Smell, Robert Lee. It was like a classic, classic, and it came on at the same time as the Cosby Show. Oh, I don't know yeah. if people remember that, but like that yep. was like a hard choice. Like Cosby had been like what brought our family together, and then at some point <laughs> we looked up and we were like, "Man, Cosby Show ain't that funny anymore." You know, like <laughs> oh, <laughs> Cosby man. Show got real serious, <laughs> and yet there was this other show on Fox that like made us laugh. So like towards the very end of the Cosby Show, like when they were doing like half-hour episodes, The Real Spellman, we were flipping over and watching The Simpsons. Mm. Man, The Simpsons had... I mean, and look, we'll stop. We, I could talk about The Simpsons all day. I was day, about actually. to say, Simpsons. I've seen one episode. Happy birthday, <laughs> Lisa. Shout out Michael Jackson. That's my episode. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That didn't bring See, me that, in the I, I, I'd actually make the case. I think <laughs> seasons four through eight of The Simpsons should be required viewing to anybody in comedy because, like, they just hit a stride. Like, they hit a moment for four straight seasons that are... Amazing. Four through eight. Four through eight. Okay. Hall- Hall- the Halloween specials. You know what's Treehouse of Terror. When you think about anybody that's a writer, 
I, I tell people this all the time. My sense of humor was built. It's certain things. The Simpsons mm-hmm. is one thing. Eddie Murphy was another. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Best, best SNL. And and then and then well that that group with Chris Farley and them too and Adam Sandler that was a Phil fun. Hartman. Oh, that was. Such I think a Phil great Hartman's group. one of my favorite, if not my favorite, non Eddie Murphy member of the SNL cast. Mm. But I remember the first time I ever cried from laughter, and it was definitely it was definitely the best of Eddie Murphy SNL, and it was specifically the Fifth Beatle sketch. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing made me laugh harder than that sketch. Like I was just I was in tears. I was in tears. <laughs> they were like, hey Paul, let's kick Clarence out of the group. Let's get all these good old ideas. Like that shit made me laugh so hard. I just Those recordings you know, were so funny. They were so <laughs> funny. And and I also think the uh black awareness rally of coming Come to, to America, America. Uh. that scene specifically, it, it, it informs like so much of what I try to do to this day. Hmm. Miss Black Awareness Rally. <laughs> so funny. And then when you think, because it was so many things happening, right? We saw. Why Why is there a Black Awareness Rally? Like, there's so many <laughs> but, subtle jokes. But, but also, it's a Miss Black Awareness Rally. So it's about Black Awareness, but also they decide to. Like, like make beauty pageant. Make it a beauty pageant. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, just, I was thinking the other day just about a joke that I, I feel like doesn't get enough mentions. Like, when he starts getting long-winded and boring and everybody just starts shifting in their seats. Like that, I mean, like, I don't even know how you get that joke. I was like, were they just filming the extras and they just saw that happen in real time and they were like, let's put this in the movie? Like, I want to know the, I want to know the background on that, on that joke. Like, for real. I was just thinking, I was like, where did they get that? How did they know to even film that? I don't think that was in the script. Right, they didn't tell them to do that. Yeah. No, yeah, you know, for that's real. That's natural. Yeah. That's one of those jokes that you just like, they must have been in editing. By the way, I heard Eddie Murphy got into a fist fight with uh, John Landis while they were editing that movie. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, wow. yeah. Like a straight-up fist fight in the parking lot because Eddie thought he was fucking it up. You know, and I and I do think that, like, even though John... I wonder what Eddie had on when he did it. He's like, you know something? Come on. Come on. No. Somebody hold my jacket. Cookie, hold my jacket. I mean, I don't really, I, I, first off, I don't know how you get into a fist fight with... I, I, I feel like I've never had that kind of collaboration with people where it got, like, really hot and heavy and, like, just... You know, cats were ready to scrap. Unfortunately, you're like, you're like, yeah, I know how that yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. What a, a director, actually, which oh, is kind of wow. crazy. We was about to, we didn't, we didn't get it, to bro. that Speak point, on it. but we had got close to it. It was, uh, I don't care. Uh-oh. We was doing Mad Families, the movie I did with Charlie Sheen. Mm. And I'm being honest. I don't, even, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. This director tried to tell me what black people say. And he's a tall white man that like dirt in a whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, we barely fuck with Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> Bruh, he tried to do it. Just look like him. Just kidding. <laughs> but, but then he said, oh, I noticed because I have black friends. He said all the wrong shit. Wow, oh, man. So that's, I knew I was tough. still mic'd up. And the the execs were there, you know, paid us to do the movie. <laughs> so I started talking shit, and I know they can hear it. You know, if people still got the contacts on, mm-hmm. they know something. Like, yeah, I can't believe he asked me to say something. I'm black, and I was like going in. So I sat in my chair, I started laughing because I ended up changing the line. And he ran up and down me on the chair like, don't you ever fucking do that again in front of the fucking execs. And I started really? laughing like, fam, get the fuck out of my face. Bro. He came at you. Yo, he ran at me so great. He was so fucking red in the face. And I was like, you got to steal on me, bro. Wow. Uh, but that didn't happen. He just yelled. What year was that? Just mad families. I don't know. It was fucking near Carmichael Show. Tiffany was in a movie. Mm. That's why I met my friend Naya Rivera for the first time, actually. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was actually a fun movie to do. Fun cast, but that motherfucker, hmm. when he said that shit, yeah, ooh. yeah, you can't say that, man. I, I don't. You see how comfortable I am. I don't give a. I don't even remember his name. Fuck <laughs> 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 you gonna tell me what a black person say because you have black friends? If you don't get the fuck away from me, yeah, that ain't how that worked, big dog. <laughs> <laughs> what was he thinking? Like you told the wrong nigga that because uh, <laughs> I'm about to talk hella shit. I mean, I think we've been really fortunate, uh, Bashir and I, in terms of like working with people who we actually just want to work with. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we haven't really had to deal with any assholes. We always give a speech at the beginning of our film shoots, whether it's Sherman's or Southside. Like, nobody should be yelling at anybody. I don't mm-hmm. care what the department head thinks is necessary. Like, we just try to set it up where it's like a calm atmosphere. Now, there are times when people get upset with each other because that's inevitable. But, you know, like, yelling is strongly discouraged. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's, that's led to, you know, happy collaborations. Mm-hmm. Y'all have done so many, like... You know, you 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 and Brashear, like your partnership is like we don't see those often, right? When mm. when you have these like two person, I mean, we see them, but I don't even know if I've seen them enough in 
in the African-American space, to be honest with you. I was saying, like, the Lucas brothers, but they brothers. <laughs> right. I was going to say that, too. <laughs> I, I had never thought, I've never thought of that before. That's actually really true. No, seriously. Like, no, no, most, most of the times, like, Warren Hutcherson and, uh, what was his brother's name? I forget. But, you know, the Hutcherson brothers, yeah. like, you know, the Hughes brothers, you yeah. know, it's usually brothers. Um, you know, me and Bashir, we just uh, Dude, known just... him for about 25 years, so. So are y'all like real best friends, or y'all just work well together? Man, you know what's that. interesting about that? <laughs> Let's get deep with it. Oh, <laughs> we we started off as like super tight friends, and then we started working together, and we've been working together for two decades. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. there are definitely times when I'm like, I just want to be friends again. You know what I mean? But I have to see him every day. Man. We have to like, you know, talk out and debate jokes, and like, you know, when you have that strong uh, uh, business partnerships, there there are definitely times when it's like, okay, the, it's the weekend, the last person I want to see <laughs> is Bashir Slavadini. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I got time away from work, the last person who we want to take on vacation is Bashir and his wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah, it, it, it is interesting. I think about it a lot. I'm like, we would probably be tight friends if we did not have the business partnership. But because of the business yeah. partnership, I see him every day. So there you go. Because it's like the same thing. You're collaborating with your friend. But but that can happen where you be like, you know, if you work with your friends too much, you're like, okay, good to see you. <laughs> you <know what> I, mean? <laughs> I love you. I appreciate you, but I need to fuck it. Hey, up. listen. I, I've been at a restaurant and Bashir walks in. That's how much our, 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 our personal schedules will be like on completely different planes. You know what I mean? Speaking on both of y'all being y'all were from y'all from two different places. You're from yeah. Atlanta. He's from Chicago. Men College. Quick yeah. shout out though, Bashir, Whitney Young, Mac yeah, High you School. You there know you what go. I'm saying? Chicago, Illinois. That's what we do. The illustrious Whitney. I would say me and uh, me and Bashir are kind of like Will Miles and Rob Hayes okay. because Will Miles went to Whitney Young. Mm-hmm. Rob Hayes went to my high school, Mays oh, High wow. School. Shout out to Mays. Oh, wow. And like. Shout they're, out to the, they're, the, they're the same age. Me and Bashir are basically the same age. Like oh, it's just same. like it's it's a lot of similarities there. Anyway, mm. so how growing up in the Southwest Atlanta influenced your your career and your writing? Um, Southwest Atlanta, man, uh, you had to be funny. Mm. You know what I mean? I was I was mm. one of the kids. You know, I was a valedictorian. I had big <laughs> like I had to be funny so as to not get picked on. Right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that that had a lot to do with it. So mm-hmm. you know. I never really had to deal with bullies or people picking on me because I I, I could make people laugh. Yeah, uh, I come from a big family. You know, we always say you come from a big family. You're not eating if you know <laughs> you can't yeah. make your family laugh. You yeah, know, you're what I'm one, saying? Of like, one, one of six. One of six. Kids. Okay, sure is one of eight. Oh wow. So we we know what that big you know black family dinner table is like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. So does that help? Like in the writer's room, you coming from a big family. Your uh, your your writing style, your writing team is like a family. I sit at a table yeah. like the family table. Yeah, right? we we literally set it up like a a big dinner table. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. like you know, there are a few more white people at the table. You know, we always hire one. <laughs> they, you know, yeah. diversity. They get invited. They get invited to the picnic here. Yeah, 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 a little bit. You know, <laughs> what's awkward is when they're like typing. And yeah. They're like, so the line needs to be a hey, nigga. Sh-. Like we're like, ah, move aside. <laughs> we ain't gonna make you write that. Hold on, <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> can't, can't even type the word. Well, you know, so we actually makes... started doing a thing where they just do in apostrophe uh, or like in star <laughs> in asterisks. <laughs> anyway, uh, but let me ask you this too. Mm-hmm. This is this actually now that I think about it. Um, you know, I you know when I had my show, I had to set the room up and all this other shit. What experience did you get from other writers' rooms that you worked in that you didn't mm. run? Cool. That mm. you're like, all right, this is what the fuck I'm gonna do differently. Uh, everything, mm. everything. I, I, I won't call it out, but the first room we were ever in, when we were the baby writers, there was one writer in there, and I think about him a lot. Uh, the head writer had this tendency to be like, oh, we're going to be here all day. Just put a joke in there and we'll fix it in the morning. Like, I, we used to think that was so funny because we're like, nobody's laughing at this joke that we're putting into the script. <laughs> and yet this dude wants to get to the Lakers game or he wants to pick up his kid. I didn't have kids at that point, so I I definitely didn't understand that part. And anytime I'm in the writer's room to this day and I'm thinking, oh, we should just put something in there and fix it later. Like, I don't allow myself to do that. Mm. You know, I'll just sit there. We'll go late. You know, because you can't. You, you 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 shouldn't put it off. You just got to sit there and struggle with it, even if everybody's looking at each other for like half an hour, just blank. You know, it's it's a long, serious process. You know, when we when we outline our scripts, we actually outline them like dramas. Like we don't try to put jokes mm. in them. You know, we outline them completely serious, completely grounded, and then we go back and then we figure out ways to make situations absurd. 
or make the dialogue absurd. But like it's a it's a it could be a painful process. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. I love that you said that too. I think most people fuck up with comedies by trying to throw the comedy in first hmm. and not the real in. It's easier to find the jokes when you make things realistic first. Yeah, that's how. I, I mean, that's how I see it. Which I think that's what I love about you guys. Just work with y'all on Southside and even a project we you know we're gonna we're collabing on now. Like it's it's like like get it from that. Fucking write it from that. It's hard to mm-hmm. explain that to people too. Cause they like with the jokes. They're like, fuck these jokes. What the fuck is the real part about this yet? You know, the other <laughs> thing that we really avoid is clickishness. Mm. Like a lot of rooms will be like, oh, well, you know, these people all laugh at each other's jokes, these people laugh at it, but they don't laugh at each other's jokes. We were at uh we were at Fallon, which is basically the same DNA as SNL. And like SNL, from what I've heard, is very clickish. Mm-hmm. And we were like, we're not gonna do that click shit. Like Good ideas can come from anybody in this room. Y'all all earn the chance to be here. You know, we, we don't play favorites. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that there are a lot of things that we learned from rooms in the past where, like, there was viciousness or meanness or people just not listening to one another that we try to stay away from. And because there are two of us, two brains, like, we can be very conscious of, like, you know, the room. Like, it's a, it's a two-headed beast, but we can definitely watch. We can even watch out for each other. We can be mm. like, yo, you've been hard on so-and-so lately, you know? back off of that you know what i mean well does that make it hard for you too like when you when you're on a series and you're just acting on it right <laughs> you're like ah <laughs> right Ugh. No. Do, do you do you how, do you know how to separate that mind from like i i know i can make something better but i can't because that's not the fucking job mm. do you know how to do that have you had to do that you know that's interesting i think well, first off, I'll say that, yes, we do act on our shows, but, like, sometimes I'm like, I don't need to be in this episode. You know what I mean? Like, that's, just like, a big thing. There there are definitely times when I'm like, I don't need to be in this episode, but, you know, like, I really want to write the funniest episode I can. Or, like, even the episode that we directed that you were in. Thank you so much. Um, we won that NAACP won award. NAACP. Hey, there you Congratulations go. on that. Also, how do you win an NAACP award? I don't know. For, for <laughs> every, you direct the episode, and, like, yo, and I ain't getting nominated for... For best guest star, that's a great question. We need answers. That's fucking crazy. That's need- crazy. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. NWACP, how these work. man. <laughs> it's supposed to be about us. <laughs> First off, your name is antiquated. <laughs> that's hilarious. It doesn't need to be any colored people mentioned. That's, the, that's your name is is not advancing us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look at yourself. You know what? I won the award. <laughs> I can talk freely now. <laughs> you know, if I had lost, I would have gone in. But you know what's funny? They never say the name out loud like they used to. No, no. Nobody no. would say colored people. No, I mean that that name originated with <laughs> W. B. Du Bois like a hundred something years ago. So you know, W. D. Du Bois like, hey man, y'all still doing that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it looked like you had a progressist there. You can put another letter in there. <laughs> Color people. Dang. That is um, crazy. But no, man. I mean, like, you know, there is a discussion sometimes of, like, you know, if you're going to be in this episode, you won't direct it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if you, you know, like, it, it, every day is something different. One of the things I loved about being on Marlin was I was not a writer on it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just got to show up, have fun. You've been on a, on a mm-hmm. multicam. That to me, that is the greatest job in Hollywood. 
You know, I loved it. Just I loved it. It is unless you're in charge of everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I did Carmichael's show, yeah, it was easy. I was like, you know, have fun, read the script, yeah. mm-hmm. get my check and go home. When it was when I had to do real, it was like, oh. That's when I and it's funny, I, was, I brought the writer's room to you. I, I realized how much, you know, you kind of don't have a life for that season. Like, no. especially if you do everything. Like yeah. not just take the credit, you actually do involved in everything. Yeah. And so it was like, oh shit, this is really I think for me the the you know, it was after I was done where I was able to really think about like, damn, that was tough. I didn't realize how much I had to fucking commit to everything. Because they ask you every little thing. Mm-hmm. Like, these tablecloths good? <laughs> Should they eat this? And you know what's that? interesting about that is that like that sounds like a great problem to have, but there's sometimes where you just don't actually care what the napkins look like. I mean, wow. like that's what I find interesting. Like, <laughs> it's like I, I feel like it's a certain personality, like the kind of people who do care about every single minor detail. And, uh, and I've met people like that. But I, there are definitely times where I'm like, man, you know, we put that in the script, and now I have people coming to me like, well, you guys said the, you know, there was a camouflage netting on the wall, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we said that, but it, it wasn't that important to us, you know, like, you know, that's when you feel like, oh man, you know, like it's it's, it's with, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. You guys are great collaborators, though, and I, I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoy working with y'all. Like, you know, I think that's one of the most underrated things in our business is the collaboration process. Because sometimes, you know, you will meet people that's anal about everything, mm-hmm. their words, their everything. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is exactly <laughs> what you have to say. Don't you add your personality or whatever you did. Like, damn, all right. Wes Anderson does every take something like 30 times, wow. you know, 30 takes, you know, because he wants the actors to say it exactly the way he sees it in his brain, you know. Um, we don't work like that, obviously. <laughs> we do Southside. I would say most scenes of Southside, we do four takes, you know. Yeah. We do one to get the script, second one to get the, you know, the script clean, and then we do two completely improv takes and just see where it goes in general. And that's, I think that's how you gain the trust of your actor. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like we're a very actor friendly duo because, you know, Bashir's been acting since he was 18. I didn't start till I was like mid 20s. Mm. But like, I feel like we've always gone out of our way to make our actors comfortable, feel like it's a safe space to try stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait till I get the cameo on Southside. You know, I've been talking about it every episode. So, man, I got Diallo here. You know, you know. I don't give him no cameo. I'm just saying. You know, it just sounds so good, man. Um, Everybody also, who's from Chicago will eventually be on Southside. Well, there it's we gonna go. Be, it's gonna be like Law and Order for New York actors. It's even more I am than Chicago. It's not even just actors. Like literally everybody. That's, oh. Whatever rappers, like random niggas that live in certain neighborhoods. Like, we threw a, a, a bus driver in a scene. You know, like oh, yeah. he, he was making us laugh when we were on the bus. <laughs> we were like, hey. Man, just put the camera on him. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Well, there it is. I'll, I'll no, 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 forget it. Hey, back to this, man. <laughs> Adventures of Royce Riddle, your first published book. Where did you get this info? I'm great, man. I've got your first. I mean, this, first... this isn't just like <laughs> stuff that you just find like on you know a random search. This is like deep stuff. So it's one of those weird, uncomfortable searches where like, <laughs> like when you watch people like start learning what they background, where they family come from. That's You're like energy Wayne. Dude is like, so uh three two three seven seven seven. Your how'd, third you that, how'd you get that number? <laughs> the movie Glory is based on him. Like, damn. Put right. me on a show, but how about this first okay, book? Okay, Royce man? Riddle. Royce Riddle was the first character that I ever wrote. Mm-hmm. I was really into World War II growing up for whatever reason. I was really into history, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever reason. And uh I had I wrote the story about a black spy in World War II. I never addressed how he was able to infiltrate the Nazis. <laughs> in elementary school. <laughs> I, you know, like I never went into like detail, like, but the, he was he was I, I like James Bond mm-hmm. and I went I was Royce Riddle. That was my first character. I wrote it in third grade. It was about a fifty page fifty typed out mm-hmm. pages. And uh, turned it into my teacher, and they bound it and put it in the school library. So as far as I was concerned, I was published. So, so you were – go ahead. Why wouldn't you do – like, you should do that. Like, that should – you should still – because, you know – I, you I think have about, it somewhere. Somewhere I have that book still bound. Just start it from there. Like, Star Wars, when you think about it, started mm-hmm. – it didn't – it started where it started. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't get all the, the backstory to it much later, <laughs> right? <laughs> like – it started exactly where it started. Like, it's okay. to You can start anything. I don't know. Have we ever seen a James Bond backstory? We need no, that. We need not that. Not really. It just well, kept I'll going tell you, forward, it, right? What, what movie? Was that Spectre or the, the one where he went to the to the castle? 
And yeah. they actually tried to give some backstory, and I was like, I don't, I don't really need the backstory. Not no more. It's like 15. It's like too much stuff. You got to have 15 James Bonds by now. I was like, okay, who cares? What's interesting is like now my kids are like, Older than third grade, I can't see them writing a book. I feel like I'm failing as a father. Like I can't see my kids writing a 50 page book. Like I'm mm. like, what made me write that book? You did write. A fi- that's that's kind of insane to do as a kid. I wrote <laughs> I a book called Peter the Magic Sword, and it was 10 pages. <laughs> what 10 pages? Peter the Ten Magic pages. Sword. Peter the Magic Sword. I was in fourth grade. Okay. And I, won- I actually went far in a contest because it was like a state contest and city contest. What was it about? Peter and the Magic Sword. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this thing, this, you know, it's I mean, it's a good title because it tells yeah. me a lot. But my, my dad drew the illustrations to it. And oh, so that's great. It that's was dope. basically, uh, what's the dude, the Excalibur guy? Uh, King Arthur. King Arthur. Wow. It was just a black version. Like, my daddy drew a young man with bell bottoms on and a shirt. So he can't look and like he, this. he took a sword out the rock. His name was Peter. His name was Peter. Peter. Peter the Magic Sword. That's really, I, I mean, it could have been a lot of plagiarism problems with what I did. <laughs> oh, I didn't even say this. <laughs> we made it all in the hood. My, very first, my very first book in kindergarten was called The True Book of Dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And I remember it because I underlined the word true. Like, <laughs> somehow I got in my head like the other books were full of lies. But this was The True Book of Dinosaurs. And uh, rampant plagiarism. I just copied my favorite lines <laughs> out of all my favorite dinosaur books and, and compiled it and, and put, like, construction paper over it. But like that, you know, I, I I think I've been trying to tell stories from the very beginning. Wow, you know, that's crazy talking about imagination and where it starts. Like, mm-hmm. like, did you? My kids you are playing Muppets, like right? Roblox and <laughs> right. Minecraft. I'm like all these hours. I think that's where I think that's why they're not writing these these books, and it's driving me crazy. Yeah. Like this is what I think about as a father now. Like I'm just like, well, that's what am I doing? I, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. But man. then this thing about with the Roblox, right? I, and I think about this all the time. It's showing architecture. It was things yeah. I didn't even think about, like yeah. making a home and putting well, furniture. My, my right kid just built a, a, a amusement park, and he's put a lot of effort into a, a roller coaster called King Kong. And he showed it wow. to me this morning. I was like, "This is a great roller coaster." Mm. You yeah. know, so like, yes, the, the brother. The, all we had was crayons and paper. <laughs> <laughs> we, we would draw. We would draw a roller coaster. I Roblox. I probably, I probably would be doing this. To be honest with you, I'd be a set decorator. Or you'd be a coder. <laughs> I, I said my kids to coder camp. I'm like, you know, is that a thing? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, definitely coding. I didn't know yeah. that. But it's a camp for it. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a camp for it. It's a sleepaway camp. Yeah, <laughs> they code. You know what I mean? Like what the fuck. Yeah, yeah. type of spot camp. <laughs> They're also, they're also going to Clippers camp, too. Oh. Where they, they, get, they get to play on the Clippers <laughs> My kids Clippers go to a, facility. They go to a camp called Camp Wild Folk, and they just do a lot of regular <laughs> shit. And for you just to say all that, I feel terrible as a father. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know. That's what we hear. We had to keep it real and learn. My dad used to be a, a camp counselor for, like, troubled youth. It was called Camp Best Friends. <laughs> and he used to come over and be like, man, they should call that place Camp Worst Enemies. <laughs> He's like, they always fight. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I was a camp counselor. So I went to camp before, and <laughs> this is two camp stories. First one mm-hmm. I went. I went to a school called Providence St. Mel, black private school in Chicago. They sent us to camps in the summers. And me and my classmate would be like the only black kids. So it was like, I used to go to like summer camp. Like it was almost like I dropped in an episode of like Saved by the Bell. Like, <laughs> and like I had like an enemy and I didn't know. It was like, it was like so funny to me. Like, wait a minute, Shane Overby don't like me. I, I just got here because I know how to play basketball a little bit. <laughs> like, like, yeah, Shane's pissed off that you got all the friends. Shane. I'm not even trying to take shit over. Uh, <laughs> but it was funny. Like, like experiencing that was so much fun. And then I had to be a counselor <laughs> when I was like 19. And it was for all the hood kids, right? And I tried to give them all the fun shit I did. The biggest was them. They was like, <laughs> man, they were mean. They was roasting me and throwing shit. They wouldn't go to sleep. They're like, Shane, like, Shane was right about you. But this thing about like, you ever try to give like a mean, uplifted speech at the same time? Like, I got so fucking bad. Like, Look, man, we're doing this for y'all. We're taking you out the fucking neighborhood so you won't join gangs. So you can be somebody. But you, but you motherfuckers, don't give a fuck about that shit. <laughs> <clears throat> now go to fucking bed. We're going skiing in the morning. <laughs> Shit. Not being a gang so you can do somebody. Like, they're like, oh, remember the Titans, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 this ain't your big speech. This ain't your moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. As soon as it got a little quiet, somebody said, man, you take your ass to bed. <laughs> Lights out. <laughs> Lights out. That's messed up too. When you try to help the kids, you're the cursing about. It's like, Motherfucker, I'm doing this for yeah. I don't need this shit. 
I could be home. Well, I went to Cal, I was the only black kid there. <laughs> you know how the fuck that feels? I didn't know what, know what Umbro shorts was. <laughs> right. And I wore Nike shorts. They said those were the shit because they everybody wore Umbros. <laughs> Umbros. I still don't know what the fuck they are. Our parents had to <laughs> march so you could even come to this camp. <laughs> people caught bricks so you could be here. You know how many white people ass had to kick to raise money for this shit? Just to get on this fucking yellow bus that's hot as fuck. <laughs> Man, I don't know what they paid me. It wasn't shit. That was funny. That's probably the most stressed out I ever was. I was like, yo, I'm not doing this shit again. Bashir tried to be a substitute teacher, <laughs> and uh, he was like, this is not worth it. He yeah. was like, this is really not worth it. He said, the day that some kid set a desk on fire, he was like, I'm done. What was I'm this in? This in Chicago? Again. No, this is in L.A. Oh. But I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say something funny. But you always get at the end of it. You get like one kid to do something real nice, but it's like a trick. He's like, hey, uh, I know we gave you a hard time, but we really appreciate you. <laughs> Goofy motherfucker. Like, like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> the so he y'all went to Harvard. He was going to he went to I mean go to be a substitute teacher. What was his major in school? He was a gov major. He was government. I you know, that's see, the thing that I people don't really that. talk about. Like when you get to when you get to Harvard Coming from the kind of backgrounds we came mm. from. Wait, did like, you have every, a scholarship? Did you have a scholarship to Harvard? Not really. No. No, I remember Dad struggled to pay that bill every, you know, like, Harvard doesn't give out a lot of money. At least they didn't back then. Mm. And you went and, for history. Huh? You went for history? I, I was history, yeah. Okay. I started off economics, but I was getting crushed by the econometrics and the math of it. <laughs> yeah. if, you sure. got, if you got into Harvard, uh, yeah. you had to be accepted by every, a lot of colleges. Yeah, but you know, I'll tell you, like, my grandfather played at USC, he played football, mm -hmm. and I thought that was going to be, like, an easy Easy in, but they didn't. They didn't offer any Pell Grant scholarship, like nothing. Wow. Harvard offered a little bit, so you know we went there. And I always say that, like, you know, when you come from the kind of backgrounds we come from, and you make it into Harvard, everybody's like, "Oh man, you're gonna be rich. You're gonna have. You're right. gonna have the world open to you." And when we graduated, when we graduated, both me and Bashir, like, we kind of moved out here the same as everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he was working tables, I was DJing for a living. Oh wow. You know, it was like it was it was it was lean times and like. You know, you go back home and people would be like, "Oh man, you you a millionaire yet?" You know, like you just had to be like, "Oh man," you know, uh, getting there. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> From so, history in Harvard to Hollywood, how, what made y'all pick man, Hollywood? I, I'll tell you what, man. I, I graduated from Harvard. I didn't know what I wanted to do with oh, my okay. life. You yeah. know, what I mean, like I, I made a decision about the age of twenty five to be doing what I'm doing now, mm -hmm. but like. I, I didn't know as late as 21. You know what I mean? I always thought I was going to go to Harvard. Mm. I had the same impression. I thought I was going to go there, be, <laughs> I thought I was going to become a stockbroker, you know, because that's, <laughs> that's what you do if you yeah, make a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, it, it took some time. Mm. And I always tell my son, you know, because I feel like he's got different interests. My, my oldest son, I got three. Mm. But, you know, he's got different interests every year. And I'm like, it's okay to have different interests because, you know, I didn't decide what I was going to do until well into my 20s. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, that's what's interesting, too. Like, cause when you say, like, when people think Harvard, like, are oh, you going to be a millionaire? Like, what colleges do people think? Like, oh, you ain't going to be shit. <laughs> 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 like, I wonder what college. Like, oh, you went to Malcolm X College. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's you went to Xavier, man, forget you. <laughs> you went to Xavier. No, but seriously, like, you know, everybody in my family went, you know, different places. My sister went to Spelman. Uh, my brother went to University of Chicago. Um, you know, oh, like, wow. we all went to different places. and We all ended up doing things that we did not major in. You know, that's the other conversation. It's like, I just, I got back from my um, reunion just last weekend. And uh, I would say only about half of the people ended up doing what they thought they were going to. Because you think about it, like, when you're 18, you don't know what you want to do with your life. You know what right, I mean? Like, right, it's amazing all. to me the people who knew yeah. what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I, I was roommates with Ryan Leslie, the uh, wow, hip-hop really? producer. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And and Ryan knew, like, from the time he showed up. He was actually younger than us. He was 17 when he showed up mm -hmm. at Harvard. And, uh, you know, he already, he already had his keyboard. He was already, like, recording music, showing up at every coffee house he could show up at singing. And I, I always admire... I admire is not the right word, but like I, I would have loved to have known back then yeah. 
what I was going to end up doing because I would have started earlier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was going to ask that he inspired you at all because, like you say, he was there, 17. I mean, he was inspiring to all of us. Like, yeah. We all thought we were going to be music producers because oh, he had so it. much energy in that field. Yeah. I remember his grades were garbage. <laughs> like, <laughs> he got to Harvard and he was immediately like, music's my thing. Mm-hmm. I even asked him at the time, I was like, well, you know, like, dance music's taking off. For whatever reason, I, I've always been into dance music. I'm like, dance music's taking off. You want to do dance music? He's like, no, I'm strictly R&B and hip-hop. R&B and hip-hop. Like, he just, you know, straight ahead. He's brilliant. Yeah, like, one yeah. of my favorite YouTube videos is watching him construct a fucking yep. song. Yeah. I mean, like, video. From, from, the, from, the, from the beginning of it. Yeah. And, you know, and it was interesting about that, too, because I, when I started coming, I was 19. 19. So I knew that shit. I, I'm like, fuck it. And I always, I, I think it's even doper, though, when you don't know. Right? Oh, I, I, I can't agree more. I think about our rooming group. It was me, Bashir, Ryan Leslie, and this dude named Mark. And probably two or three years after, and Mark's my guy. Like, I, I, that, like that, that, that sounded like a joke. <laughs> sounded like, Riley and Mark. And Mark. Um, but, you know, about two or three years after we graduated, like, nothing was popping for any of us but Mark. Because Mark went into finance, and Mark had, like, money and stuff. And we were all just like, damn, Mark is, Mark is balling. But, like, I'm, I'm happy that we took that time after we graduated to figure out what we wanted to do. Yeah. And, and and in Ryan's case, like I said, he knew what he wanted to do, but like, you know, he didn't have anything, like he was still living in, I, I don't think he cares about, you know, me telling the story. Like he was still like sleeping on people's couches, like trying to get beats pop mm-hmm. off. And then eventually just, you know, he hooked up with, uh, I think it was Dark Child. But, you know, eventually he just, he, you know, he finally got that big break. He finally got the chance. Well, that's another thing too that's underrated about y'all is, is is y'all music like y'all very musical yeah. guys? I mean, like, we met we met in a singing group. We've always been in the music. I was I was a DJing. gospel singing group, <laughs> a gospel singing group. But we 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 split it off. We split it off. We took two other dudes from that group and formed a secular group called Brothers. And so brothers, wait, we so would we would sing like Shy and Jodeci. Wait, and wait, and so y'all what? Whip, y'all whipped from singing gospel, mm-hmm. and it's like yo. And then just singing said, if I ever fall in love. <laughs> hey, hold on. Now I'm coming up. Here we go. And if I ever... <laughs> That's hilarious. But it actually speaks to something that I saw, man. Um, how did this happen? Drop it low for Jesus. Oh, you know, that song came from Bashir's little sister, Zuri. Uh-huh. Apparently, you know, she had been singing that song to make her, her grandmother laugh for a long time. And so the first day in the uh, Sherman Showcase room, she was like, I have a song I did called Drop It Low for Jesus. And Sherman Showcase actually comes from our time at Fallon because me and Bashir would always sit down and hang out with Quest like during show tapings. Mm-hmm. And we would just laugh about like, yo, do you think there was like, you know, it'd be random conversations like, do you think that Rihanna's getting any song? Do you think the Sierra is getting any songs that weren't shopped to Rihanna first? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we would just be talking about like music, mm. like, you know, old music, new music. And we were like, oh, so we let, let's let's do a show where all those funny conversations we have about music end up being the show. Oh, wow, on the screen. Well, oh, yeah, I was like, okay. Because we almost skipping some in a way. Okay. Sherman Showcase yes. is basically yes. a version of Soul Train. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, it's another, it was another show that was on, I saw the documentary about recently, that before Soul Train. It was like a lot more serious. Uh, oh, I, I know what you're talking about. It's called Soul, Soul so- Search. No, Soul Search. What the fuck you talking about? <laughs> that made up a show? Yeah, like that no, All right, my bad, my bad. But it, I, know, I know what show you're talking about. I've seen, I've seen the trailer for that documentary. It is, it is yeah. really good because it was like you needed both of those shows. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very interesting. But Sherman Showcase is so funny to me because it, you know, y'all have these original fucking songs. Y'all making these like characters. Like it's when you were, the Vic Mensa Prince version, whatever version of that was, <laughs> was so fucking funny to me. Yeah, I mean, like uh, Fonte Coleman from the group <laughs> Little Brother hit me up, and he was like, "Yo, y'all should do, uh, y'all should have Vic Mensa come on and do Prince because he has an amazing Prince impression." So we hit up Vic, didn't know him from anybody, and uh, Vic was completely down. I mean, like again, I feel like that show even more than just being Soul Train, it's our opportunity to do everything. No, it's you know, we, we do, everything. we do like. Indiana Jones shit. I did the sketch, the New Jack City sketch. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> with with your boy Mario Van Peebles. With Mario, with Mario, Mario Van Mario Peebles. Mario Van Peebles is such a like... We were supposed to have Judd Nelson in the scene too, but he nah. pulled out the last second. But this is all I'm going to say. Mario Van Peebles, we rehearsed in his car. Like he wanted to go the line. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I was like, okay. You know what I mean? I was in the trailer. He's like, yeah, you want to go the line? I was like... <laughs> Sure, and when Mario I was a cool dude, but he was listening to like some political 
show on the radio that I, you know, people, don't I don't know what the, so but before we started to lie, like, yeah, let me, let me just finish this up. <laughs> Who you voting for? I'm like, I'm like what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then we started, that's a true story. But shout out to Mario. Baby. I thought that was cool and humbling. Like, I'm like, you want to run lines, man? Mario's a cool dude. Uh, he's definitely down to play. We always call through the people who are just down to come through. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Quincy Jones was down. Common was down. <laughs> Haddish. You know, everybody who's come through that show. Uh, you know, we really appreciate, you know, because we don't have a lot of money, as you hey. know, that much, that oh, yeah. show is no, not, yeah, I got no that show ain't making anybody rich, <laughs> nah, nah. but it's definitely a show that we enjoy doing because it's we can fun. do anything on it. Yeah. You know, if we're like, oh, let's, let's do our version of Aliens, you know, we can do that. Yeah. We can slip that into the show. It's, I love the fact, even when I do stuff like that and I'm a fan of the show at the same time, because I'm like that with Southside, right? Even mm-hmm. when I've done it, I enjoy watching the fuck, like... Season the season two premiere episode is one of my favorite premiere episodes ever. That's the Omaha Steaks. Uh, yeah, Omaha Steaks, but it's it's more or less about the kidnapping shit. That, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. that shit was so intense and so fucking funny. It, it did because I didn't know where the fuck that was going. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is. I watched the episode maybe like five times straight. Again, we 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 spent a lot of time on just the plot, just to make the plot interesting. Mm-hmm. And then we go back and try and make it funny. So that means a lot. I, I appreciate the fact that, you know. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And I feel like with Southside, like people, people are starting to discover it. Like when we were on Comedy Central, yeah. I feel like nobody, nobody knew about it. <laughs> right? You well, know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I popped up on Insecure for like five minutes mm-hmm. and got way more, you know, Texts and messages from people than yeah. a whole season of Southside. But then when we went to uh, HBO, HBO Max, Max yeah. during the pandemic, you know, everybody, it, it, it felt like we, we we hit a different. So I'm excited to go back to Chicago this summer and shoot the new season. Me too. I'm ready too. I feel like the city understands what. We're going to make it happen, Wayne. We're going to make it happen. I don't know if Wayne can act. You know, he was good at a McDonald's commercial. Yeah, I appreciate that. I feel like, but then you play a host. Okay, but you play what you do. But I did go to Second City Improv. But shout out to my man Chris Red. He was the hardest working person there. I got my, I got my job. Yeah, that nigga on SNL. He, yeah, he okay, he, okay. You on my fucking podcast with me? I decided to go host. No, I, I saw a lucrative <laughs> business <laughs> hosting. We gotta, I'm get, with you. gotta, get, I'm gonna, gotta get Wayne on the show. We'll, we'll figure it out. Cause yeah. this thing about it also too, like, and I gotta ask this too. There are a lot of people. I, I feel like we have not gotten on Southside yet. That, but y'all I'm do trying it to, though. I'm trying yeah. to figure out. A way to get them on the but show. But they'll do it. Like, yeah. when Chance hit me up, mm-hmm. I was shooting my episode. And yeah. Chance was like, yo, I love the show. And I told them, like, yo, Chance, love the show. You want to be on the show? They figured that shit the fuck out fast yeah. as hell. And gave him a good part. <laughs> and it was so, it's such a funny episode. Gave him a good part. And, he yeah. and by the way, not the part that we pitched to him. We pitched him a totally different part. And he was like, uh, yeah, that's that, that's cool, you know. I really want to play this hating ass nigga. You <laughs> <laughs> sound just like him, yeah. Shout out Chance the Rapper. I was like, man. all right, cool, cool. And I remember the day that we shot, he was like dreadfully sick. Like, uh-huh. it was just like, oh, well, you know what? We actually had Bashir's brother, Issues, one of our directors. We had him actually run the scene because mm-hmm. we were getting ready to shoot. And then we got a call. Oh, Chance is like a couple of blocks away. So we were like, all right, Ish, get out that outfit. <laughs> you know, get out Dang. that costume. But, um, but yeah, no, he's he he came through. He came Man, through. He it was he called me. We're bringing so, him back for season three. Bring okay. you back for season three if we can I'm make the schedule work. I'm coming. Oh, hopefully I can. I'd like. <laughs> that sounds like a no. He said, I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> no, no, hopefully I, I can. Hopefully I can. I was make just it thinking work. about that the other day. Like, all right, because I've been asking, like, what's the dates? Because I, yeah. you, know, you know, no, we know you're busy, man. No, Shubidi dobo. Shubidi dobo. <laughs> but this, but this is what I wanted to say. With Southside is. You guys pulled off an office-style show, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it stand out. I don't know if we've ever seen that, honestly, from, once again, from, from our culture, from the black culture perspective, to do a show like that. Mm-hmm. To actually have the freedom to do a show like that. People people bring up The Office a lot with that show, but truthfully, the show that we were trying to emulate when we first came up with it was uh, Trailer Park Boys. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Trying, was, in fact, we even said, this is Trailer Park Boys on the south side of Chicago. 
And it meets everything though, because it is that. I, I bring up the office, even mm-hmm. like parks and wrecking the way those things were done. Like I feel like it's eventually become sort of coming to America for us because we, hmm. we go out of our way to show not just like what you expect from the South Side, but we try to show like rich and poor and like intellectual and you did a not fair, intellectual. You did a yeah. Fair's we did really a Ferris Bueller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did it uh, you know, at a different with black museum. Women. Yeah, with black women. Yeah. Oh. And she was fucking hysterical. And fun fact, the guy who plays the valet who steals the car in that episode is the son of the actor who stole the car in Ferris Bueller. Like that's that's a, that's a deep, deep cut. <laughs> oh, but they went deep, man. Did y'all go find him? It, it happened by accident. <laughs> we were looking at stuntmen because uh, he's got to fall out of the car, and uh, it just by happening, he was like, you know, by the way, my my dad is the guy who stole the car in Ferris Bueller. <laughs> we were like, oh, this is perfect. <laughs> like, this could not have happened anymore. This is serendipitous. You're serendipitous. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, this is the thing about it. like, and I, you know, I don't want to keep focusing on Southside, but I can because it's no, one, no, of, my, one of my favorite fucking shows. We're in, the, um, we're in the room right now, so Southside is front and center in my brain, too. So how do y'all do that, right? Because season one and season two is, to me, so different. Yeah. In season three... We, we, we tried to build out the universe mm. of Southside. You know, like, so season one, it was really, like, Rent-A-Own and Simon and Kay. Right. And season two, we were like, you know what? We're going to use the whole city. You know, like, we actually referred to The Simpsons. We were like, you know, The Simpsons is Springfield. The Southside is our Springfield. We got to have, you know... Angus and Mr. Burns and and you know like we we just we were like let's just make the world bigger. Mm, so no. that's why and I, and and we went into it thinking like damn it's gonna suck if everybody's like yeah first season was cool but second season I just I I read all the reviews you know which you're not supposed to do you're yeah. never supposed to read the reviews. <laughs> I read all the not one person said oh season two doesn't go you know it's not as good as season one. So at that point I was like sweet we good. Let's talk about brothers in Atlanta and how that. What happened oh, there, boy. and now that's uh, South Side, or is that yeah? Well, we're gonna go it. to the sad place now. That's what I'm saying. Why you don't give a fuck, man? It's like... <laughs> I mean, like, look, I'm from Atlanta. We yeah. had a show that was gonna be in Atlanta, and uh, you know, there was a, there was one exec at HBO who just didn't really believe in us. You know, um, you gotta realize we developed that show from 2000, late 2011, mm. until 2016. Wow. Sounds like five years. It was really four and some change, but it was a long time coming. We shot two pilots. The whole time we're telling them, Atlanta's a a, a, a place that you you got to have this show. You got to have this show. And then Donald's show came out, and that was like the death knell mm. because they felt like you couldn't have two black shows based in Atlanta. Right. You know, that that's when you run across the racism in this industry because no way an executive would kill shows is because our show was nothing like Atlanta. Like I love Atlanta. Right. I've known Donald since two thousand seven. It was a different show. It's 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 a it's a Donald Glover production. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like our show is almost our show would have been like Southside except set in Atlanta. In fact we used one of our ideas from that old show on Southside. The idea that the uh the number one party promoter died. That originally started off in our Atlanta show. Wow. Um you know it's just like it, no white exec would ever say, oh we can't have Two shows in New York with white people, you know what I'm saying? Like that would never, that conversation right. would never take place. Never. So we knew the second he debuted his show, we were like, "Man, I bet you HBO about to pull the plug," and they did. Damn, you know. That's Thankfully, it. that guy's not at HBO anymore. Oh, okay. And ironically, we are with Southside. All right. So you know, we just took a very circuitous route to get where we were. That's always so weird to me too, right? Because like in New York, it's damn it, every show on television could be based in New York. Hmm. Yeah, you know CBS can have their cop shows in New yep. York. <laughs> like NBC can have their cop shows. Like it's and so that's how you knew that was a very specific um, dumb note. Mm-hmm. That like I well, we got know. so many dumb notes on that project. I'll tell you the worst note we ever got. The worst note we ever got. <laughs> we uh, turned in a script. We had a whole episode that was like Strangers on a Train. Do y'all know that movie? Strangers on a Train. It's an it's an old you know uh, Hitchcock movie. Anyway. Um, but it took place in a black mall. And we all, I think everybody in this room knows what a black mall is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, there was the mall. White people used to shop there. And then at some point, it became a black neighborhood. It became a black mall. And I'll never forget, we got a note like, okay, guys, we said we wanted to be really grounded. We were like, okay, yeah, what's the problem? He was like, is there really such a thing as a black mall? <laughs> and we were like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, at the time, we were like, do you know what Fox Hills is? They hadn't made it Westfield yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how long ago we were developing that show. But, like, you know, the idea, the audacity 
You know what I mean? Like, we had a, a great episode. Mm-hmm. We talked about the fact that it had three foot lockers, the fact that it had, like, the kiosks <laughs> selling cell phones. Like, uh-huh. we built this world inside a black mall for that one episode. Uh-huh. And I, and then to this day, it kind of hurts my heart because everybody who's ever grown up in a black neighborhood knows what that is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we... You know, to this day, I kind of still want to do an episode that's shot entirely inside the black mall, you know. You should. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, one of the places is, is just a barbershop, you know what I mean? <laughs> like Evergreen you know. Plaza in Chicago. Exactly. Oh, man. Could easily be. Greenbrier Mall in Atlanta. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know. It's uh, a real thing. I like, it's a real I, I thing, I still go man. to malls, too, and especially in Atlanta, actually. My kids live out there, so. Co- co- trying to explain the joke, trying to explain the culture to people, that's not time that I want to spend Doing that, you know well, what I'm saying? Nobody else like, is asked to do that shit. No. And by the way, this is like the mid 20 teens. So like nowadays, I feel like that executive would probably not. I mean, I don't know where you. I I don't even think he has a job anymore. I don't think he's <laughs> in the industry. But I feel like nowadays they probably wouldn't be like quizzing us on that. You know what I mean? Like right. I feel like nowadays I can go in there and say, "Hey, this thing is all about braids," and they'll be like, "Okay." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but back then, like you just had to spend so much time trying to explain. That you couldn't just focus on being funny, and that that it breaks my heart that that show didn't happen. It'd be like weird. Shit. I remember when I was doing real and trying to explain to them like it's okay that Jess changes her hair. Mm. I, I couldn't believe I had to have that conversation. Yeah. Like what if she changed her hair from the one on the billboard? They ain't gonna. Re- what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? What about black women change their hair all, all the, the time? time? And so it'll be unrealistic for me not to do that, but to to have to explain that. <laughs> was so weird to me. It's like, Officer, Officer Turner is? on Southside has a different wig every episode. Every episode. <laughs> Sometimes in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. She's changing in that episode. I'm seeing her take the wig off. <laughs> she took the wig off and she had a wig underneath. <laughs> They're like, wow, you got a lot of hair. I seem to remember you being bald. Um, no, it's, 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 I think anytime you have to explain the joke, it's a fail. So. You know, Not even just a that joke. happens to black creators ex- all the you time. You gotta explain regular cultural shit. Yeah. Just, just regular, normal, everyday shit. It's like, oh, okay, that's weird. Brothers in Atlanta. You know what is cool though? I feel like because Southside has been successful, mm-hmm. we will get the chance to do an Atlanta Absolutely. show eventually. That's what I was gonna say. And I feel like our Atlanta show is not gonna be anything like Atlanta, mm-hmm. and you can like both. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what Southside is too. I think it could be. I mean, even in Chicago, if you want to go to the West Side for yeah, a season, uh-huh. like you can, I think I said this to y'all, but like, a one of y'all, I don't know who the fuck I said it to <laughs> but, but it was just like, yo, y'all can go, like, the West you can side. do this anywhere. Like, the way you've created the South Side and been able to do that for two seasons straight and it doesn't feel like you're overdoing it mm-hmm. or some weird shit, mm-hmm. it's fucking dope because the brilliance of it is, it's character driven. And I think that's where you guys are yeah, smart. Yeah, and that's where we have different kinds of fun. Like, Sherman's is more of a sketch show. Right. Southside is more character driven. And I do think that like now that I've had the chance to do both for two seasons, you know, that's what I really appreciate about Southside is that you can come back to characters over and over again. You know what I mean? Like that, that's not putting Sherman's down. I, Sherman's is my other baby, but you know, like it is different. Like I feel like Sherman's is almost more like an art house movie where we get to like just do weird shit. Yeah. You know, and then Southside, like, because we have these characters, we actually do have to ground it. But we sneak weird shit into Southside all the time too. I mean, look, I, I like I think about what Bishop has been from season one to season mm-hmm. two, right? It's just fucking interesting. But that's how open We just wrote we just wrote the Bishop scenes uh yesterday, by the way. Damn, I wanna do that. I gotta, <laughs> gotta, I gotta be come. I'm like, I'm like, you think he's gonna come? <laughs> just, like Bishop now played by Jaleel White. <laughs> Damn. Bishop. Terrence J is Bishop. <laughs> yeah, Bishop, you look a little different. <laughs> man, Bishop, you're going to have to zoom in or something, man. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, well, shit. Are we going to play a game, man? Let's play Yo, a game, you man. Down, right, you down cool. playing the game? I'm down to play. This game is this or that. And the first one I'm going to go, man, we're going to keep it going, man. Brothers in Atlanta mm-hmm. or Southside? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said, oh, and then you stop. <laughs> right, right, right. no. oh. <laughs> this, this is a game where you choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah so choose either or. Yeah. Southside. Okay, okay. Lemon pepper wet or wings with mild sauce? Lemon pepper wet. No, nah, man, come uh, on, man. Where you been? I, I'm, I'm from Atlanta, man. Where have you been in Chicago? For he the has Harold's. Oh, I, I know Harold's. Uh, by the way, excellent choices. Okay. <laughs> but the lemon pepper wings at Magic City mm-hmm. are amazing. 
I definitely, and, I, and I definitely know people who will do a a run to Magic City yeah. just for the wings. I actually <laughs> had. At least I, that's what they say. I did a gig there in December, and I definitely had the lemon pepper wings fact, delivered I, to I me. I did too recently. Yeah, way too much fun. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't go to the I didn't go to the club though. I had them delivered to my job. No, I was in there. Okay, you was in the club. I was, right. I was doing way too much. Okay. I, I think. <laughs> You know how you, you've been tipping so much? I, I was like, I got to leave here. I just gave the stripper the whole money. Like, I don't want to throw it on you. Just, here you go. She's like, what? You don't want to throw it on me? Nope. Here you go. I just want to leave. <laughs> I hate it when you throw the money, but it kind of sticks together. So oh, it doesn't look like you threw that much. Oh, that, <laughs> You're like, damn, I didn't even get the, I didn't even get the thrill. Everybody in the back here thinking I'm cheap. Oh, man. I, I threw a hundred, I swear. Yo, <laughs> yo, yo, I'm gonna tell a story. I did that at uh V Live in Houston. I threw it up. Like I thought it was gonna spread, like my boy spread, and it just hit boom. And it came down, boom. I, and, and I just I just walked off. It's on video too. Now who I you had throwing to... purses? <laughs> yeah. yo, you had a money purse. I was so embarrassed, man, but it, it happened. I noticed in the strip clubs, please. Just wrinkle the ones a little bit. So, you know, we want that shit to fall down. That's why you got to get the ones they collected in net. <laughs> like, give me some of that net money. I don't want this fresh one in that little money machine. I got a couple more, man. A yeah. day at Lake Lanier or Navy Pier? Mm. I'm going to say Navy Pier. Okay. Okay. Even though my sister used to love going to Lake, Lake Lanier is just it's kind of boring to me. Mm. And Navy Pier is not. That's right. Maybe you be lit. Yeah, yeah. You're going to see at least four all-white parties boarding boats. <laughs> <laughs> on the boats is going around yeah. in circles. Yeah. How many all-white parties going on today? I'm noticing a trend here. This is all Atlanta versus Chicago. Yeah, yeah you see it. You so, see it. You know. so, so this next one is tough, man. Okay. Andre 3000. I knew this was, I, I was just outcast or what? Or Kanye West. Oh, Andre. Hands down. Uh, I mean, I like. I went to school with a goodie mom. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. In All fact, right. I, here's a funny story about being valedictorian. So I'm valedictorian, and I go to a good college. I come out. I'm a PA mm. on the Paramount lot. I'm like, I'm literally carrying coffees one day across the lot, and a golf cart pulls up, and it's the goodie mom because they were doing like a cameo on somebody's show, mm-hmm. and CeeLo was like, "Hey, man, it's Diallo Riddle." This nigga was about it, don't you? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I stand there with coffees like, I love y'all. I'm so happy for y'all success. Let me go get these coffees over here before right. they get cold. <laughs> that was a dark day. But I was happy to see him. I was legit happy to see him, even though they were clapping. Hey, that's about it, don't you? Yeah, I think it was about it, do Carrying a coffee. But hey, that's how I go, man. You spending an afternoon in Hyde Park mm. or Edgewood? High Park. Easy. Uh, why, why am I in Edgewood? Nigga, Edgewood is like the wire. <laughs> it really is. That like, one was not hard. You're like, uh, should a I day, park a day right on now? the bluff? Like, mm, <laughs> I want to be in the bluff. No. <laughs> I love Atlanta. I'm not going to be on the bluff. Edgewood is a, like, it is, it's, it's, you know what's funny? I'm old enough to remember Techwood. Yeah, yeah, I mean, these are places that are long gone, but like, you know, that place is. Edgewood is still there. Because yeah, it's, no, a, it's a Harold's Chicken over there I like to go to. Okay. And it's like you go park. Like, it's so many people helping you park. It's almost <laughs> like they're climbing on a car. Yeah. <laughs> it's just scary. They used to have like, clubs in Chicago. Is that a good Harold's? Because, you know, not every Harold's is built the same. Oh, that's a good Harold's. That's okay. a good Harold's. I go to that one a lot. Right. Yeah. Last one, man. Dominique Wilkins or Michael Jordan? <laughs> He's torn. Number 21. Wow. Oh, real. Real. Uh oh, real space. <laughs> no, two things. Dominique is one of my favorite players of all time. <laughs> actually, he, re- he actually really is. You know, because, you know, when you, you, you a Darts King kid, <laughs> Dominique Wilkins, Mookie Blaylock, it was just certain, just Dark Brothers. Tyrone you just, Hill? I did not mention Tyrone Hill. Oh, I, I said Mookie Blaylock <laughs> and Dominique and Mike. Those are my, those are my Dom- favorite. Dominique, players. man, he ran Atlanta. When I was a kid, yeah. like there was Club Twenty One, like he was he was the man wow. in every in every sense. He's still so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Like he's still legitimately cool. Like he, I went to a Hawks game, you know, when I was filming that, I go to Hawks games, and he always comes speech shows some love. That's what's that's up. Great. I'm like, damn, that's fucking. Dumb. But I was so excited. It is one of those moments you have sometimes when somebody know who you is that you don't know. You don't mm-hmm. even care if they know who you is. Like, mm-hmm. look, I just want to speak to you. Like, hey, I'm a big fan. Like, <laughs> no, I love your work, man. You funny, man. You funny. <laughs> God damn it, Dominique Wilkins. You still call by the whole name? That's <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, not gonna call him Mr. Wilkins. <laughs> He'll just say Dominique. That sounds like a neighbor. <laughs> Dominique Wilkins, man. Thank you. <laughs> That's hilarious. I remember being very disappointed 
that he lost all those uh, slam dunk competitions as a kid because that was a, that was a hometown hero. That man. was tough, man. That took the heart out. You know what I mean? And they were really close. I mean, look, like you know, out it, there's only a couple of few dunkers that we saw. No, Dominique versus Mike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. Those are only really real hardcore. I mean, matchups. did you watch this year? No, it was it was depressing. Mm. It was trash. I think they got to start getting guys off the street. I really <laughs> just watch the niggas that just dunk all the time. Then the NBA that 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 really need the money. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like they be like, motherfucker, what? They're actual stakes involved. They gonna do some shit that's gonna hurt themselves. Them Instagram dunkers going crazy right now. <laughs> For real, you like we gonna get you a million million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get your cousin Larry the big ass calves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, look, man, this yeah. was fucking fun, yeah. man. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank, thank you for having thank me. Thank you for uh, doing our podcast. We yeah, it actually that. turned out a little more serious than I expected, oh. but I think sometimes it's okay to go a little deep. That's a real conversation. We surprise people with that. This is mm-hmm. a like this. We really dive into some very. It's some, some deep ass episodes of this podcast. I like, appreciate that. This yeah. might be the funniest one. Now this this is definitely the funniest one. Uh, we keep it, that's what we do. We keep it. We keep it real. Man. We keep it real. Like either it's gonna be hilarious or very truthful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh when I go to my podcast, I'm like. I, I want truthfulness. <laughs> <laughs> I want poignancy and truthfulness. Yes, sir. Well, look, thank I, you for keeping it real. Thank, thank you so for much. coming, man. All right, yeah, that was another great episode of Keeping It Real with Young Wayne. Hey, Diallo, you was amazing. You were here, and we'd love to have you back someday if if I do 40 more episodes. <laughs> 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 See you on the south side, Diallo. See you on the south side. I'll be out there all summer. My dog. <laughs> <laughs> That was a HeadGum Podcast.